Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study on Wednesday nights. We post it at 6.30, our local time, p.m., and that is for those who cannot be with us at the church building for our regular Wednesday night Bible classes. Now, we meet at the building every Wednesday evening at 6.30 for midweek Bible classes. It's a good time to stop and in our busy schedules and kind of get our spiritual batteries recharged by getting back into God's Word and being together as the Lord's church. But now, many people cannot be with us in person. There are some in the Omaha area who are maybe shut in or their schedules do not allow them to be with us at that particular time. And then there are many people who across the country who listen to these podcasts and literally around the world. And so they obviously cannot be with us in person. But we're thankful to have the ability, the opportunity, and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the Internet, going literally all over the world wherever the Internet is available, and by means of these podcasts. So we're thankful that if you're listening, you're there, and you want to learn God's Word deeper, more fully, and more accurately. We are trying to stay true to that to that task and that mission. We are praying for God's guidance all the time that he will help us in this, and we pray that he is being glorified in the process. If you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person for our Sunday morning Bible classes at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of Bible study and worship. And then on Wednesday evenings, as I said, 6.30 each Wednesday evening, we meet together again for midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. We also encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody else get into God's Word, and help. you may help them by so doing to, well, come closer to God, to grow in their faith, and perhaps even to get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share with everybody you can. Also, we encourage you to tell everybody to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And when somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smartphone or whatever other smart device they choose, our Wednesday night Bible class and our Sunday morning Bible class and all of our sermons, but also a Monday through Friday daily radio program called Search the Scriptures and what I consider to be a real jewel, a short, about a 13-minute or so Bible study every single day, seven days a week that we call today's Bible class. Gets us into God's Word And even for that short time, it still has the effect of strengthening us in our faith, keeping us strong in our faith, and thinking about our relationship with God. So help people, all all everybody you can, to get deeper into God's Word by getting them to take part in our podcasting. Again, it is always going to be free. We're going to get back into our study from 1 John. And we're picking up this time with chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Again, as I've said, we've been taking our time going through this. It is really a rich 
part of God's Word, and it is written primarily to the individual Christian. But now, certainly, the principles would apply to everybody who, is, who has yet to become a true New Testament Christian. But primarily, focused on Christians, how can we live that Christian life? How can we understand uh, about God and, and about Christianity, about our relationship with our Lord and Savior? In chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, we read this in the first couple of verses. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Test the spirits, whether they are of God. In other words, whether they are truly teaching the truth. Because many false prophets have gone into the world. But this you know, or rather by this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, has come in the flesh, is of God. Now let's go back to verse 1. Do not believe every spirit. Now, are you going to be listening to somehow voices coming out of the air? That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about somebody who is trying to teach you something that is supposed to be spiritual in nature, and particularly somebody who is trying to teach you something that's supposed to be God's word, God's message to you through them, and so on. And so he says, test the spirits. Don't believe every spirit. Don't believe every teacher who comes out there teaching you something, but rather make sure that whatever they're trying to teach you conforms to what God's word really says. Test the spirits, whether they are of God. And then he goes on and he says, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, another way to say false prophet, false teachers, Teachers who are supposedly teaching you God's word and about God and about Jesus Christ, but they're teaching something that does not conform to and indeed contradicts what the scriptures really teach, what God's word teaches. We need to be careful now, not just listen to somebody just because they claim to be a teacher of the Bible or claim to be a gospel preacher. You know, I've used the illustration a number of times in teaching and preaching. What if, what if I were to stand in front of you and, and now I'm standing there and I'm holding a piece of pipe, say, and I say, you know, Joe, just picking a brother out of the audience and say, Joe, how long do you think this piece of pipe is? And he looks at it from his seat in the auditorium there, and he says, you know, I think that's about, I think that's about two and a half feet long. And I say, hey, Bob, how about you? How long do you think that is? And he says, no, I don't think it's that long. I think it's only about two feet long. And so I held up a tape measure, and I stretched that across the, peep of the, po- uh, the piece of pipe, and I said, would you believe that this is really two feet and three quarters long? In other words, this is, this is really two feet, eight inches. Would you, would you believe me? And so they would both probably say, wow, you know, boy, I, I sure thought it was different than that. I, uh, I, guess, yeah, I guess you're right. I can see that now. And then if I said, you know what? It's not that long at all. Now, why did you believe me? Because I'm standing in a pulpit I'm claiming to be a preacher of God's word, and I'm holding a tape measure in my hand. 
What if I told you something wrong? What if I'm reading the tape measure wrong? Well, you see, each one of us is responsible for making sure that what we believe is truly God's word, truly God's word. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. We talked about how the Apostle Peter emphasized that particular point when he says we need to we need to be able to give account of the things which we have heard. We need to be able to tell people why uh, you know, what we believe and why we believe it. Second Peter, First Peter, chapter three and verse fifteen, and. And then in verse chapter 4 of First Peter, he goes on in verse 11 and says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. In other words, we need to make sure that we're teaching the very word of God's, of, of the Bible, of the scriptures. That's God's word. Well, we come back here to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe everybody just because they're standing there in the pulpit with the Bible in their hand or maybe a Bible laid down on the, on, on the pulpit. Don't just accept what they're saying. You make sure that what they're saying is what is really there in the Scriptures, that they're interpreting it correctly and making the proper applications. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 32? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So we need to make sure we are believing and living by the truth of God's Word. And it is God's word that, is, that Jesus is referring to there when he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In the 17th chapter of John, Jesus was praying to the Father, and he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So we need to make sure that what we believe, what we're taking in and accepting and applying to our lives as guidance from God is truly what God's word really says. So again, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe every teacher just because he's standing there telling you something, holding a Bible in his hand perhaps, and saying, this is what, this is what God wants you to do. This is what God wants you to believe. You get into the Bible yourself and make sure that he is telling you the truth of what God's word says. Paul, uh, John there says, test the spirits, test what those teachers, those preachers are telling you, whether they are of God, John says. Now, how do we know whether they are of God? Do they conform to what the scriptures really say? And are they making the proper application from what those scriptures really say? Are they interpreting what the scriptures say correctly? See, we need to make sure because that responsibility is on us. We can't stand before Jesus in the day of judgment, John, Second uh, Peter, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter five and verse ten, and say, "Well, Lord, I, I simply believed what this fellow told me." God has given us His Word to guide us individually. It's our responsibility to make sure we study His Word. What did, what did Paul write in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15? Study or be diligent to present yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, God's word. And God has given us his word, his very word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God 
and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses, 15, uh, verses 16 and 17. So we have that responsibility. It's interesting, going back to Matthew chapter 24 and verses 44 and 5, Jesus gave this same instruction and by way of warning. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Well, many will come in the name of Jesus claiming to be of Christ, claiming to be teachers of his word, but they'll be teaching false doctrine and thereby deceiving many who listen to them, believe what they're teaching and follow them or follow that teaching. Jesus says, let no one deceive you. You know, we need to be careful. Again, that's our responsibility to be on guard against false teaching. Now, somebody might say, well, well, how do I know if they're deceiving me again? We just talked about that. You need to study God's word. You need to be diligent to really get into God's word so that you understand it correctly and apply it correctly. Second Timothy chapter two and verse 15. You have that responsibility individually. God's word is the truth. So make sure whatever somebody is teaching you conforms to what God's word actually says. And this, this kind of warning goes all the way back through time. And we look in Deuteronomy chapter, uh, Deuteronomy chapter uh, 13, and I want to read the first four verses there. And it's the same principle. Moses is talking to the people of Israel. And he says, if there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. Why? Because he's teaching you false doctrine. He's teaching you error. In verse 4, he says, You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. Hmm. Don't believe the false teachers. Well, again, how do you know when a false teacher is a false teacher? You've got to know God's word. You've got to know God's word well enough to be able to recognize error. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, Deuteronomy chapter 18, and we want to read there uh, verse 22. And, and this is a very direct statement along this line. Deuteronomy 18 and verse 22. And here Moses, again, talking to the Israelites, he says, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. Now, did you get that? When a prophet, or let's say when a preacher, speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, or let's expand it a little bit, if it does not conform to what God's word says, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously, 
you shall not be afraid of him, or you shall not listen to him in that false teaching, because it is exactly that, false teaching. God wants you to follow him his way, not some way. His way is the correct way. Once again, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, study, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth or handling, understanding, and applying correctly the word of truth. When we were studying in 1 Peter, Peter wrote this, Peter wrote this in in. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22, he said, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Well, what if you're obeying something that is not the truth? Well, that goes counter to purifying your souls, to coming into a saved relationship in Christ. You have purified your souls in obeying the truth. In verse 23, he goes on and says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. Whenever somebody is teaching you something that contradicts the word of God, they're teaching you error. They're teaching you falsehood, false doctrine. And so you need to stay away from that. And really, you need to stay away from that individual as long as they continue to try to teach you that. Unless they give you the opportunity to show them their error, and then maybe you can straighten them out. But if they're, if they're not going to do that, if they're just going to insist, no, I'm telling you the truth, but you see that it contradicts God's word, then you need to stop listening to that person. Stop listening to them. And if they will not listen, maybe you just need to walk away, at least for a time. Keep praying for them that they can open their eyes to the real truth, but don't listen to it. And sure, don't follow it in your life. Coming back to 1 John chapter 4. So verse 1 again, beloved, do not believe every spirit or every teacher, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, this is interesting, this next section here. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Now, here is a basic fundamental, maybe we should say the basic fundamental doctrine of Christianity, and that is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and our Lord and Savior. He is God the Son. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 10? Matthew chapter 10 and verses 32 and 33 along this line. He talked about confessing his name openly. He said, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Okay, now, what is Jesus saying there? Anybody who denies that he is the Son of God, that he is the Lord and Savior of mankind, that's a false teacher. He says, 
Anyone who denies me before men, I'll deny him before my Father in heaven. Now, what are we talking about there, the ultimate consequence of that? Eternal condemnation in hell. So coming back to 1 John chapter 4, and we look here again at verses 2 and 3. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Interesting. This is not the first time that we've read in John's first recorded letter here that John has brought up that Antichrists were already in the world even at the time of his writing. We go back to chapter 2. We look at verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. And then verse 22, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Now remember what Jesus said as we read earlier back in Matthew chapter 20, uh, 24 verses 4 and 5? He said, don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you. Um, he says, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Well, John says there were already at the time that he wrote this letter, there were already many antichrists in the world. Now we have some theological belief that there's going to be one particular individual who's going to come somewhere along the line, become very charismatic gain a, an incredible following, and he's going to lead people away from Jesus Christ and ultimately to the devil. And that he says he's going to be the Antichrist. John says an Antichrist is anyone who denies Christ. So what does that do about atheists? They deny Christ. They're Antichrists, according to John. I, I think that's clear. What about those major religious beliefs that deny that Jesus is the Savior of mankind. Now, they may say he's a prophet, a good man, but they deny that he's the Son of God and in the sense that he's the Savior of mankind. And so you're talking about the Muslim religion. You're talking about Buddhists. You're talking about uh, any religious persuasion that denies Jesus to be the Savior and the only Savior, and by the way, also, God to be the only God. They're Antichrists. Now, what are you saying? What, look at how many people there are who are Muslims and Buddhists and so on. I, I'm simply quoting what John writes here as God's inspired word. We need to pay attention. We have this, we're, 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 we're being pushed with this mindset of accepting anybody in whatever belief system they, they have, and also accepting anybody whether they believe anything or not. We're just supposed to, you know, say, hey, 
who are we to judge? Well, Jesus said we need to judge with righteous judgment. We make judgments all the, all the time on, a, on an individual basis, a personal basis. We make a judgment as to whether, do I need to take this job or not? Do I need to believe this person who's telling me this or not? He's lied to me before. Should I believe him this time? We're making judgments. We make all kinds of judgments virtually every day. We don't even think about it most of the time because it's kind of an automatic mind, you know, uh, mental process that we, we execute on a regular basis. When it comes to our spiritual lives, when it comes to our religious beliefs, it is the most important area of our lives. And we need to recognize that anybody who denies Christ as the Son of God and the only Savior of mankind, we need to understand they are teaching, they, are, they have a mindset that is against Christ. And so John simply says they're antichrists. He said even in his day, we're talking about almost 2,000 years ago, he said there were already many antichrists in the world. Well, we need to open our eyes. We need to open our ears. And we need to do some serious, careful reflection upon what people are telling us, upon what we're hearing people say, because our eternal destiny can hang in the balance. Our time's just about up today, so we're going to stop here. We're going to come back and talk about this some more next time, because there's so much confusion about Antichrist. So many people think it's going to be one particular person at some point in history. Now, John says anybody Anybody who denies Christ is an antichrist. We need to understand that. In 2 John, only one chapter, verse 7, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. And how many deceivers, he said, would fit this bill in the first statement there in verse 7? Many deceivers have gone out into the world. And that was just in his day. That term many (laughs) has been multiplied many, many times over the 2,000-year interim between when John wrote that and today. Well, let's stop and pray. Father, help us to be good students of your word, diligent students of your word. Help us to understand and believe and live by the truth of your teachings and to not be susceptible to just believing what somebody tells us, but that we are going to be on guard because we are students of your word ourselves. We want to follow the truth of your teachings. 
so that we can truly look forward to eternal life with you in heaven. Please help people to take up this line of thought, this mindset, and this lifestyle. Father, please, we pray. We pray for salvation for all. Please guide all to come to you for salvation through our only Savior, Jesus Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.